Hey guys, welcome to episode 234 of the podcast. I want to thank Katie Levine for being so incredibly patient with me as I continue to misnumber the episodes. <laughs> I think I'm up to date now. I think it's 234. I feel like I'm back on track. Feels real good. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed that live from Joko episode. I am uh, going to work on trying to get some maybe extended individual episodes with those fine ladies. Uh, and I, I guess I already mentioned that, but um, I have a couple of shout outs I want to get uh, out into the world. I want to thank from Facebook, Aaron, uh, Shayla, I want to say Shayla is how I'm uh, choosing to pronounce your name. Gosh, if it's not that, um, you can yell at me on Facebook, but i that's my best guess. Melody, Nick, and Megan, thank you so much for your posts and notes to me. And then I also wanted to just let Jesse J know that I uh, do not find the idea of leaf weaving laughable whatsoever, but I do find the name ridiculous. But let's just face it, that's part of its charm. Um, Jesse, that will probably mean something to you if it means nothing to anyone else, although plenty of people have enjoyed the leaf peeping references from past episodes. Uh, okay. I hope you enjoy this up and I will talk to you next time on the podcast. Thanks. Now entering nerdist.com. acknowledge uh that that alice's daughter della is here and i'm i'm going to have trouble not focusing on all of her wonderful toys <laughs> that you brought with her we have a frog we have a lion we have i i just i wanted to ante up and throw something into the pot so i threw this little um toy rocket thing that's yeah. like sort of wood and i feel like i might have you know what's funny i think i might have gotten that in europe so i just oh. I, I just instinctively thought listen she's classier than we are so i need to give her a classy You've european kind of toy with that because that's the only thing she's playing with now she's I rejected mean... all of my toys that i transported and... across the atlantic for her <laughs> that's sort of the that's sort of the way kids and uh, i think pets sometimes are right yeah. which is here's all your regular stuff and then here's like the most dangerous and boring looking yeah. thing in your home and that becomes she the object it of out fixation. Actively. She actually will play with the one thing that you don't want her to play with. Of course. Um, Do you wonder about that? If there's something energetic in the air where there's like a crackling <laughs> electricity around something that's yeah. sort of like, oh, that's the... God, I'm so drawn to that as a child for some reason. Yeah, Why is that? Oh, because our, yeah, all of our atoms have rearranged and hovered around that area <laughs> in a tense place of like, please don't touch that. And that's well, the I'm magnet. At, I'm staying in an Airbnb at the moment. It's really lovely, but they do have some like crystals on the table that I found her playing with. And I was like, oh my God, what's she going to do with them? These little beautiful crystals. Mm -hmm. And she actually just posted them very neatly into a sort of designer vase. Oh, so I was like, oh, she's got some OCD tendencies. Her, her which beautiful I, interior design yeah, and OCD skills are yeah, kicking right in. Yeah, I'm going to encourage that tendency, I think. Absolutely. Like, yes, put those away. <laughs> that's nice. You know, that's a neat place We're for them. about you. Yeah. Look at you have, uh, you, uh, now listen, uh, some people would say you have emo hair because yeah, your hair is delightful sort of in your It's early hair. Justin Bieber, isn't it? It's early Justin Bieber. <laughs> My hair does the same thing where I had... 
for so long in my life, I wanted to have these kind of bangs. Yeah. <laughs> and then I realized like, oh, my, it, my hair just grows straight down into my face. Like all of my hair would be in my face, cousin it style if I well, had. She's quite like that. I don't quite know how to manage it because sometimes I pin it. I clip it and she just pulls the hair clip out. Yeah. Then my mum said, why don't you just put a headband around her head and I was like I would rather die than do that I was like what are you talking about like one of those ones with a r- ribbon and a flower yeah. well, I was that's like no like, when I think about even my own my own consciousness level about putting things in my hair even just for me and I don't know if this is true for you too but like mm. I can't wear a headband I'm mm. so aware of the sort of pressure of it oh yes the irritation. so if you're even smaller and there's absolutely no reason that you chose to do that yeah. it must just seem insane it's like why would irritating. I ever want this of course you would take it out and take it out and take it yeah, out yeah exactly she does tend to pull things off if on her if they're on her head but um, I don't want to cut her hair because I just, I don't know, I'm sort of sentimental about it because suddenly they I look totally like little adults it. when yeah, you... I totally Yes. Do you agree? Do you want a haircut? Should we cut her hair right now <laughs> on the air? I mean, this isn't a radio show, so technically it's not on the I air. I sometimes but... fear that like I'll leave her with my mum or my sort of mother-in-law and I'll come back and she'll have like a really neat bowl oh, cut. Oh, you know that. I think that's a, that's a realistic... I like that idea that that's what you're like because of the sort of content of your film obviously there's this immediate reference to it because you were really pregnant with Della right yeah. when you did it yeah. and so now we have this sort of representation of the f- the filming of the movie yeah. but now she's here in life it's quite so funny it's kind of immediately takes you to that place well people sort of might think it's a gimmick or something because I've been bringing her to festivals around the world since the film came out and um you know, even taking her to meetings and I'm like, it's not, I don't really have any choice. My partner works full time in London. We can't afford a nanny. And yeah. like, you know, I'm just like, I'm just bringing her here because I don't know what else I would possibly do with her. And people sort of go, oh, oh look, it's like a little mascot. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, how long can I get away with it? You know, 16 years yeah. later. <laughs> yeah. I'm here at this panel talking about my film. Here's my daughter. Here's my daughter. My yes. That daughter, everyone. <laughs> oink, oink. Exactly. And I'm like, it's vaguely topical right now. Uh-huh. But when I do the next film, you know, maybe it's a war film or something yeah. and I'm still bringing a baby into yeah you're gonna meetings. have to well you're gonna have to write something in about her in every film <laughs> a it's, a, it's, it's gonna be your your ongoing gimmick it's the sort of be careful what you wish for slash oh, watch out because your brand you is could now get superstitious that about that you could get very like oh it is a lucky gimmick like if i right. don't put her in it in it everyone will hate the film that's right so maybe i'll just give her like a hitchcock sort of walk-on role oh it's gonna be great <laughs> because then she has her own legacy of the sort of mommy dearest <laughs> where she gets to write a tell-all book about how she was think, forced to do all of your films I think because that she of you. will do that. I think yeah. I was sort of thinking like people often ask me like, when are you going to show her the film? What is she going to think of the film? And I'm like, I don't know. She's probably just going to use it as a stick to beat me with when she's 16. <laughs> she's going to be angry about something. Yeah, and that's it right. might be that. That's I can right. just imagine I would be exactly the same. Well, that's what I was going to ask you is um, because, of course, I talk a lot about teenage years on my podcast is if you had that relationship to your parents at the, in those formative years, if you did yeah. sort of have that. Because some of us, I feel like I was, I was. I had I didn't feel I had any anger towards my dad, but that didn't mean that I wasn't doing a bunch of stuff mm. that was a bad idea that I knew he would disapprove <laughs> of. I absolutely was, and I was trying to get away with whatever I could and was making terrible choices. <laughs> uh, but it didn't feel like it was in direct opposition to 
him do you know what i mean and i don't know does that is that something that you teenage went rebellion is really healthy actually i think it's just like a biological process where you go i reject all of my forefathers teachings yeah and then you go make loads of mistakes and you're like oh okay maybe i'll just do exactly what you do right right, right. <laughs> um that's sort yeah, of coming I, of age like okay well you have to go through it you can't yeah, be told i mean my mum said that i was a nightmare as soon as i hit puberty she just said you became a nightmare overnight and i'm i'm like i don't really remember but i can get with that i can agree with that but um yeah i don't think you really do anything about it i mean and also i think you go through this thing where you really complain about your parents even if you had a really nice because i had a nice childhood yeah so do you remember what's yeah i've got an older sister who's i'm very close with who's like four and a half years older than me um but i think you all go through this sort of complaining phase where you sort of go when you're a teenager where you're like when my mum when I was 12, she only gave me pizza to right, eat. Right, right. like, you know. <laughs> I had it so hard. Yeah. And like, I don't know. And I'm sort of so over that now. Now that I've got a kid as well, I'm a bit like, I revert to everything that they did. I agree with it. Right, like, right. I'm even like not really very good at the whole healthy food thing because I'm kind of a bit like, well, you know, if you bring them up vegan and eating kale, when do they they'll suddenly re- they'll rebel. eat nothing I think, but yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't think that necessarily means that they're going to grow up into healthy adults because, you know, at some point they're going to go, well, I never had a burger, so maybe I'm just going to make up for lost time in right. adulthood. So I just, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm kind of like, yeah, maybe they were right just to be like quite laissez-faire about right. stuff generally. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I think that's, I, I feel like I could go all or nothing in terms of, like if I start going down the road of what if this or what mm. if that, or like I should do that, I do feel like I could go all in and mm. just be a terrible mom because it would be obsessing <laughs> or, or really make that like a goal that, one way or the other. Like, or it's like, ah, you know what? I'm just going to be as relaxed as I can about this and just hope that that's better in the long run. I don't know. Is my theory that to be relaxed is better like to not sort of get stressed out about stuff but I really don't know I like how you were talking about it as like a goal to be a bad mother like right. I, you know I'm gonna go, go get all there. out I'm gonna You'll go all there. out and That's be right. really terrible yeah. you know do you feel like you see um do you feel like you see that so like a trend in parenting in are you in London proper or are you yeah do you I feel am. like there's sort of I mean you know because we we had this era where you're not hearing about it as much but even just a few years ago like obviously the word hell the words helicopter mom became yeah. so pervasive and and as Tiger if it was this sort of yeah of this, sort of this sort of like oh this is what parents are doing now mm. do you feel now as a parent particularly that you observe like this is kind of what it seems like people with kids my age or you know and within the last three years this is what it seems like people are kind of leaning into in terms of parents or are you like i, I stand the, out or i don't I'm know what the trends are but i know that there is it is a, a regime <laughs> it's like it feels like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's people are only sort of talking about it now that's what i think people are only making comedy about it now but really there is this intensity especially in london where people are competitive right. anyway they're at the top of their field you know professionally or whatever and so they're becoming the top of their field as parents as well and like so there is that sense and you know there are areas of london where it's like nappy valley basically where all the coffee shops are filled with prams and please tell me that there's a sitcom (laughs) nappy valley that's i'm sure there will be there's there's a sitcom called motherland which is Ah. a new sharon horgan thing which Mm -hmm. is very Mm -hmm. like i you know i was like yes this feels very familiar (laughs) and it's sort of like the idea of motherhood being like a western you know Mm -hmm. like you walk Mm -hmm. into a bar and it's like 
tribes or gangs or right. you know it's like threatening and I I've kind of actively avoided that I've even avoided it as a mother actually it's like I do see my I see my friends that I saw anyway and if they've got kids then great but if they don't then you know I, I don't sort of go right now I have to change my life completely and only hang out with other people with a baby that exactly her age and even though I've got nothing I in sort common of, i sort of looked at that dinosaur the little dinosaur dish and thought <laughs> i i don't know why i'm not moving this this yeah is you, you were looking at it and thinking of saying goodbye to it I in mean, your mind kind of, like i don't i'm trying to think of like i mean i guess if she just utterly destroyed my guitar or something i would be like a little freaked out most stuff i feel like yeah if that broke She's i'm not you know careful though actually. i know she was very Weirdly, dangerous she's... first of all i want to acknowledge that she had more contact with that exercise ball than i think i've had in the last six months just by sort of pushing at it to explore what it was i was like oh yeah sit-ups i remember those vaguely uh she's like patting it going mm-hmm. yeah yeah this, this feels a bit very of dust cool on it. to the touch it doesn't yeah. feel like there's been a lot of activity in yeah, this area this, yeah lately. this is quite stiff this ball it needs a bit of warming up and a bit of like you know flexibility yeah well let me ask you this too about well, first of all why don't i have um I, I, I very frequently as my regular listeners know i don't lean in very hard to like promoting a current project mm-hmm. but um but i but i now i've brought it up and i certainly want to and i also um now i feel like i, I want to make sure everyone knows why we're talking about della and with respect <laughs> to your movie so would yeah. you mind telling uh, my wonderful listeners a little bit about it yeah so um when i was about six months pregnant um a director friend of mine approached me and said, do you want to make a film? And I was like, you know, he sort of said, oh, it's this no strings attached, privately financed project. It's low budget, but you can do whatever you want mm-hmm. um, as a script, as a screenwriter. And I, uh, and possibly if you want to be in it. And I was just like, why is this happening to me now yeah. that I'm six months pregnant? Did he know that you were or was that sort he of He did, but yeah. he's such a weird guy. <laughs> he was like, you won't so mind what? me saying that. Yeah. I was like, Jamie is like the only person that would ask me to work when yeah. I was six months pregnant and everyone else was kind of leaving me alone. And he was like, do you want, do you want to work? Do you want to do like quite a demanding job? Like, you know, quite an intense demanding job. And I was a bit like, no, Jamie, <laughs> leave me alone. What's wrong with you? But he is quite good at that. He does sort of, he push you to do mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was was like no of course not go away like you've got three kids yourself what is, what's the what are you talking about yeah. anyway so I went away and I just actually was like what am I thinking I should just say yes to this and find a way of making it work right. so I just thought well what if I played a pregnant character sure and you know in the back of my mind I was very concerned about taking time out as an actress yeah. you know like what if people assume that I've died or I've put on 12 stone right or which I've, is by the know, way not uh it's not irrational for you to think that because that's coming from somewhere. Like there is yeah. this sort of weird, like I like it. It, it becomes that kind of oros boros. Like, mm. am I worried about not getting jobs in my forties because mm. that's real, or because it's we're all going to make sure that happens <laughs> yeah. because that's the well, thing I, that people kind of speak like? Exactly. Oh, I'm going to respond to that by not writing for forty. Well, exactly. Like and like, of- I have to hide now that yeah. I'm pregnant. I yeah. actually and, and friends had said that to me. You know, producers and actors had said you don't want to tell people that you're pregnant. You want to keep it a secret as much as you can and then just get back to work so that people 
don't know that Which, you, how, you know that you want to take time off or anxiety inducing for this decision that's already anxiety inducing for yeah. any woman yeah uh, potentially in terms of how their life's going to change it, and how their body's going to change all that kind of stuff all let's the just add that, that pile on yeah yeah exactly it sort of times it by 10 and like so i was like oh i've got to keep it secret you know and and sort of this is some i wanted to continue working i was like you know going to prenatal yoga and the teacher was like why don't we go around? She's Australian. She's like, why don't we go around in a circle and say what we're looking forward to in our maternity leave? And I was a bit like, well, nothing. I'm not going to get paid. I'm, I'm not going to see my friends. I'm just going to be at home, sat alone. I'm, I'm not going to know who I am anymore. I'm going to lose my identity. I don't know if I'm ever going to go back to work. I don't know if I'll ever work again. I have no money. It yeah. was going to be very upsetting. Yeah. And this teacher's kind of like, okay. <laughs> you you know and i'm like oh god i'm not even allowed to feel like negative Uh, about this this is like not done in a a prenatal yoga class but you know yeah so there's all these financial things that are scary about it as well and on top of everything else uh, the existential crisis of motherhood you know um so i was just like well why am i keeping secret about it isn't it like collusive you know it's collusion by going yes we'll all keep secret that's right i kind of was like well maybe i should just be out and proud about it and this would be an amazing way to do it i'm just gonna go i'm gonna play it play a pregnant character and you know what that isn't gonna dictate their narrative it's gonna be involved in their narrative but it's they're gonna do stuff you've never seen a pregnant character do before because any female character should be able to do whatever and the same with any pregnant character and um, so I came up with this revenge narrative and I thought pregnancy, revenge, prevenge, this character that's obsessed with the past. She ought to be thinking about the future, but she's too bitter and angry. And, and um, I, mean, I love that. It really <laughs> does very much fly in the face of this sort of beatific you know, a yeah. Well, it's is quite religious. She's actually, yeah. She's meant overtones. to, and also like all of that conflicting messaging. Like we were talking about, it's mm. like a pregnant woman is serene. She's mm. beatific. She's we put her up on a pedestal, very in a closet somewhere, well. shamefully because God mm. forbid we equate <laughs> you and your pregnancy with being in the world and part of the workforce yeah. or also making how, art how messy or childbirth is sure. and childcare and everything. It's like we're just shown these adverts where it's like why muslin curtains and light flooding through and it's almost like the woman's an angel yeah. and i'm sure it's got something to do with the madonna sure representations right. yeah. and the madonna and stuff like that it is almost like she's never had sex in her life or a period had a period it's like wearing a white shirt and the baby's just sparkling clean mm-hmm. like and um yeah and i was just like well so far in pregnancy that is not what i'm experiencing it's very bodily it's very like you're coming to terms that you have internal organs. I've got a theory that most people are in, in denial of their, in, that we have internal organs. I think that's... I know I am. I think that's absolutely <laughs> correct, and I feel the same way. And there are people who... Like, the, the sort of... I, w- I don't know what the spectrum is of people who watch shows uh, where there's, or, or you know, I'm, I'm speaking of course of fic- fiction. Uh, some people are cool with watching you know documentaries as well, or or mm. become surgeons themselves, etc. But I think. I feel like I have so much internal conversation about watching something like, for example, The Nick, which mm. is uh, a show I love. It's Steven Soderbergh, and it takes place in the turn of the century, and it's um, 
Clive Owen as a physician in that oh, era where that great. people were stealing bodies because yeah. that's what you had to do to find out how bodies worked and, yeah. and backstreet abortion and, and backstreet um, abortion yeah. absolutely and everything was this sort of like fly by the seat of your pants like yep I lost 20 people trying to figure this thing out because we it was either that or just let them die but also mortality is higher I mean you see it in when you visit countries with higher mortality there is a sense of like okay, I had this accident and I lost a leg and that's just the way it is. We right. have a total fear in our culture of that because right. we're very, in a very protected kind of culture. And, 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 you know, and, and quite we're rightly, more uncomfortable we have when we see people who have gone through stuff because mm. it reminds us the, the sort of separation of that could never happen to me. I mean, I feel like I deal with that. The older I get, the more more and more aware of it well, I am. Which having is, a kid as well, you're just yeah. like, oh my God, this tiny little creature, you know, and I'm trying to protect it and it's so fragile, you know. And, um, and I, yeah, and you totally, you meet your, it's that sense of meeting your maker. I think people who've maybe had accidents or they've had, you know, really serious illnesses, it is that thing of like, I realized that my body was not immortal and I was fallible and all of that stuff. And, um, yeah. And I think childbirth is also like that, you mm -hmm. know, I still slightly in denial of what happened to me that a baby came out of well, me. Well, I think, and the, yeah, that uh, is, it's like this very sort of, <laughs> it, 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 that's the other, there, uh, the whole idea of motherhood, I think is just laced and, and lock sock and smoking barrels. I just said, because I'm so enraptured by you making eye contact with me, Della, that I'm not even thinking straight. Um, that is, again, it's that same thing. It's like, oh, it's the most natural thing in the world. And <laughs> yeah. yet so many friend female friends of mine are like i feel like i have an alien inside me this feels parasitic i'm i don't and have the relationship you, yet with this being before, that i should why would have. it be natural the, yeah this is what i was trying to show with the film i wanted men to be able to watch this and go imagine if this was happening to you like there's yeah. no reason why you can't identify with this character yeah. male or female because you know why should any of this feel normal yeah. you've not done if it's not happened to you before like 100 percent. and and yeah again that's the myth that's perpetuated to women it's like it's natural it's natural yeah. it's like yeah but nature gives me pain once a month you know nature makes me bleed once a month like and rarely are we going like this is the time i really connect with my yeah and and also to your point the sort of internal organ idea absolutely this idea of like uh well else reason you're feeling uncomfortable is that della's foot is very close to your uh <laughs> intestine your lower yeah. intestine right now it's like my what no yeah. something yeah. that's going to come out of me and live and be a thing is also touching my also, intestine that's gross why is she getting that wrong isn't there some that's, sort of you know right. safety mechanism that stops that's right. that from happening is there a button i can press that yeah. will just kind of move her yeah, foot yeah exactly why is the nature so terribly designed yeah you know? yeah but yeah i mean i think that's true with breastfeeding as well and like i mean i don't know what it's like here but you know the national health service i love it i'm a full supporter of it but you know it's very stretched at the moment in the uk because there's not enough funding and that does have an impact sometimes and i don't know there was just a sense like i had lots of very i had loads of different midwives and there was no continuity it was just like seeing different people and so that's something that's assigned to you opposed to you being able to go this is the person that's going to be with me yeah. that's what we think of too as midwives i think and yeah that's someone that you get on with right. just at the end of the day someone this who is the nanny trust. to me and my unborn child yeah, and the, the person who when i'm in pain is not going to make me feel worse like right. you know that's what it comes down to right. and and you don't get that choice it might be someone who's going shut up it doesn't hurt that badly you know, or, or it might be someone who's amazing and you just don't know. Gosh, but I didn't I, realize that. I really thought that that would be something that you would 
be able to be very selective about because I think here you sort of hear those stories for where people are like, and my midwife is one of my best friends. <laughs> I think if you have a home birth, maybe you can choose them. There are different mm. systems. It really mm-hmm. depends where you live. Um, but at this time in London, I wasn't getting to choose. And there was this thing, you know, where they're very keen on uh, telling you to breastfeed. That's just like a government guideline. You're going to breastfeed. And they tell you, don't have bottles in your house. Don't have sterilizing equipment in your house. It's really, I think, quite crazy. It's such a, that is a real hot button issue, right? Mm. Breastfeeding is still very much the kind of, who gets to say what's better and best. And at what point is it like, no matter what it does to you or no matter what your relationship to your own body is with breastfeeding, the priority should be your kid no matter what. Yeah, and, and that's again, very that's tricky. That. People get very upset about that on oh, one yeah. side or the other. There's a big thing in the UK about that as well. And especially because your midwife will encourage you to do it. And, um, you know, to the extent that, yeah, again, it's this self-sacrificial thing of like, it's for the baby. It's for the baby. Forget about yourself. You mean nothing now. You're just a vessel. And, um, when I was breastfeeding, I was struggling to do it. And, um, and you know, I just, the midwife was just going, well, you're doing it wrong because it shouldn't be painful. You're doing it wrong. And just every time I saw another one, they'd go, you're doing it wrong though. And I was like, at the end of the day, I, I don't know what I'm doing, but actually the baby does the baby, and I actually had reached this point where I was like I trust the baby and mm-hmm. I honestly don't think I was doing it wrong because I'm doing it exactly the same way now it was just like a pain barrier that you have to push through mm-hmm. like and and but nobody told me that no mm-hmm. health professional told me that that was something I googled and looked just loads of women online going of course it's painful at first you know people aren't used to having their nipple chewed on every day but no well yeah if you're very lucky very sensitive well maybe not sensitive lover but um, you know ambitious I was gonna say lover I don't know I'll accept Um, that word or whatever but you know generally that isn't you're not used to that so of course it's painful for a bit it's like a blister or something sure, anyway sure. this is really gross by the way no no no, no. Well, you know, please, don't want to put anyone off but it's I, just I, 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 take it guys <laughs> take it take it suck it up take um but yeah have your have your proverbial who, nipple chewed on right yeah, now and get I've, through the pain guys i've got friends who are pregnant right now and i was just a bit like whatever anyone tells you about breastfeeding you do what you feel you want to do and my mum said that to me as well and again it was like I was like oh this is much more sort of 70s in the 70s and 80s it was a bit more like she just went ignore the midwives do what you want to do just Mm. don't listen to them Mm -hmm. do what comes instinctively to you and feels right and I was like that's the best bit of advice that I've had yeah and I don't think there was this hysteria in this in the 70s or whatever I don't think there was this kind of it's social services as well of like, are oh, you mistreating the kid? You know, that cracks it, it comes in really fast, you yeah. know, this sort of terror that, you know, you're going to be judged and maybe the child whisked away from you. And I right. just, I think, you know, in the seventies, if you owned a roof over your head, they were like, you're fine. Uh-huh. Get on with it. Bye. <laughs> Go for well it. Well done. Bye. Right. You know. And do you feel um, like that's, but I mean, it's funny because I remember when I was in my, I guess like mid twenties, uh, somehow I was having conversations with friends, uh, who were talking about particularly friends who had like spent time in places like Germany. I, that's, it's funny because I have this idea of what Berlin is and it is so strongly tied to these conversations I was having with people when I knew I wasn't ready to have a kid, mm. but, um, 
But it's just one of those things that anecdotally really sticks with you. People mm. were like, in Berlin, just young people have kids all the time, but they also just take their kids everywhere. Yeah. And so there's this sense of life not ending, right? Which takes totally. us back to you bringing Della with you to places. This idea of like, yeah, there's young there's young parents kind of doing it whichever way works for them. And yeah. if there's not a sense of kind I, of now go be cloistered and be, yeah. now you've joined the parents league. So you guys are over there <laughs> and the young single and life is over there. And and it's all about the kid now. Yeah. You can't do anything that you ever liked doing before because that's bad for the kid. You've got to focus on the kid. And I do think in Britain, it's quite extreme. I think it's the opposite to that. Mm. I, um, because I think that people people are having kids later and later in Britain specifically. I think, how can you be a good parent if you're not, a, if you're not the Happy, happiest version yeah. of yourself? I mean, yeah. that's got to be part of it. I mean, not that. in a nihilistic way, but certainly in a... It's much more like in Italy and Spain and France, it's much more like they have kids young. And they're a bit like, why not? Why wouldn't you? And sometimes I think in France, maybe that's because you're allowed to have affairs in France. So people are like, you have your kids young and then you have an affair when you're 35. It's great, you know. And like, you're not with that, well, you're with that person forever, but it doesn't mean that you can't have some romances on the side. So there's not this sort of cut off point of like, when I settle down, that's it. Like, you know, they don't have that same attitude. And I definitely had this huge thing of like, my life will be over when I have a baby. I don't even know if I'm going to like it, right. to be honest. That's Did what this you, film's about. Do you mind if I ask you was it, if it was planned? If it was like, we made yeah, the decision and was... then I questioned it? Because I mean, I have friends too who weren't planning on it. Yeah. Who really had to overcome that. Like, I'm, I'm, I, I'm going to do this. Yeah. But I wasn't, I didn't sit down and shake hands with my partner or yeah. I don't have a partner or whatever who still mm. move forward. That, no, that, I mean, they had to overcome that feeling of like, this is happening to me and I absolutely <laughs> didn't even plan on it. I think we had this thing of like, it's now or never really. And like, let's go for it. Oh my God, it's happened. You know, right. and like, um, because it was this thing, I really wanted to direct a film, but I was really like, well, I can direct a film at any time, but I can't have a baby at any time. But I really did think this probably is the end of my directing career because how many people have young children when they're starting out their directing career? It's something you do as a kind of hot shot. It's like, you know, you if you're you're kind of it's a very demanding directing is very yeah the very hours demanding. the yeah. hours are, are crazy, you know. And but I do I am starting to try and have that Berlin attitude, which is like don't ask, don't get. And it's sort of like I just turn up with my kid now, and I'm just a bit like she's chilled out she's fine with this i don't know whether it's her personality and her temperament or whether it's just because i've always taken her to stuff and yeah. she's she's used to just fitting around what i'm doing yeah she she wants attention sometimes and i ignore her <laughs> and then other times i give her attention but she's very like independent and very yeah. self-sufficient and will as you can see like just play around with the same four books over and over again putting them in a box and and i kind of think that's healthy for her to have learned that yeah. i certainly don't remember my mum being a helicopter parent i remember her like sticking me in the garden while she went and made homemade jam because <laughs> that was what mm. you did in that era right you know but like it wasn't like i was doing my own thing you know yeah. and that would just be normal i'm so glad that i had that that's I mean, that's the mm. thing i think about again with a sort of is it Monday morning quarterback? I guess that's a thing people say when they talk about sports. I, I, I'm bad with sports analogies because I, I feel I should know oh where they God, come from ask, and why. Don't expect me to uh, you yeah. know, validate that statement because I have no uh, idea 20, about Hindsight 2020, that's sort of a little more general. <laughs> but it's very easy for me to say, you know, here are all of these sort of ideas I've had about parenting because none of it is being put to the test. But that is something that I talk about because I talk so much with people in their 20s through their 60s 
60s yeah. about what their teenage years were like. Mm. There is this sort of universal conversation that frequently comes up, which is when I was a kid, I had all of this freedom. I was sovereign in this way that mm. many kids don't seem to be nowadays. And there is this sort of wistfulness that people are like, I hope that my child or I hope that kids around me or my niece or nephew, whatever, I hope that they have the imagination that I had because mm. I was off in a forest somewhere not worrying yeah. about being abducted. I hope that they, you know what yeah, I mean? And so I do I have mean, that sense of like, gosh, I hope kids are, are able to really just be yeah, alone mean, or be, you know, and not I, feel I remember going to Amsterdam a couple of years ago for filming something and I saw some kids just playing football in a square. And it was like there might have been one parent, but I didn't know whose parent was who. It was just like, they were quite young kids. They were maybe eight to 11. And I was like, this is like what the UK was like in my childhood. But it's, you don't see kids doing that anymore. You don't see them having all met in the neighborhood. Right all doing stuff together and there's no parental that we, that we would i mean i'm sure there's plenty of people who would be like we shouldn't go back to that so shut up janet you don't know what you're talking about there's all these benefits that have happened that we got in exchange for less of that those kids wandering around and all and you know playing mm. and being alone and having those their, their little group play um but do you think that that's something that could swing back around? Like, ah, oh, you know what? Now we, we because it's, it's so hard with the internet, we're so hyper aware of information we never would have had. Mm-hmm. Like I'm more paranoid now about crime in my neighborhood, not because it probably hasn't, I'm, I could, probably I, would, less, I would bet $2,000 yeah. there's less crime, yeah. but I know more about it now because yeah. I'm on a board where I sort of get to see that like this person three neighborhoods away got broken into and I never would have heard about that otherwise, but now suddenly it seems so close to home, right? Yeah. Figuratively and literally. Well, I think it's difficult because unless everybody makes a pact to let their children go outside... It- there's no children outside and you've got the one Who lone child like yeah. inviting where people are kidnapped. clicking their tongues disapprovingly like yeah. that parent is not doing their job yeah but also like anyone who was going to kidnap someone there's one lone child and no one's watching them <laughs> right. like so i think it is a really difficult thing because i think that was the thing when i walked to school by myself as a kid i wasn't by myself there would be like 20 other kids walking down the same road on their way so you would never be alone you know but now it's like everybody drives their kids to school so you really would be walking down the street alone and i mean i had to well i mean i took i had to walk with them boy there's no way not to sound like in my day i had to walk (laughs) but you know i had to walk my bus stop one for for one of the schools that i went to because i was in a magnet program which meant walking to a bus stop, taking a bus to one school, transferring from my neighborhood bus to the bus that went to my school. Wow. It was a, <laughs> it was a, it was commute. an hour and a half endeavor when all was said and wow. done to get me across town to go to my magnet yeah. school. And I had to, I walked half a mile to get to my bus stop early in the morning. It was mm. me. There was one other kid who came to the same bus stop, but he came from the opposite direction yeah. and we waited for our bus and we got on our bus and that's what we did every day. And, and go, no one, my parents you... both worked. No one was going to yeah. walk me to the bus stop yeah i mean and you do go that is when you learned but also i never heard about anything happening to anyone it's not like it's like although true six children disappeared within those years who also Mm. walked to the bus i never heard about any abductions and and actually normally the kids that do go missing it is people that know them i mean it isn't strange stranger danger is actually so rare like it must i don't know what the statistics are right um but yeah, so it is. I mean, you're. It, but again, we're in this society now. Now where we go, I don't care if it's twenty billion to one chance. 
I don't want to take that chance. I don't want to be that one person. And that's how protective we are in our culture now that we go, well, that bad chance of that, of my kid being kidnapped, which is the nightmare is worse than my kid not learning independence. Right. And, but, but we all continue to get into cars. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there's no rhyme or reason to the choices that we make. It's like, well then don't ever put your kid in a car. Like the chances of your child being in a car accident are higher than the chances of someone taking your kid. So maybe your kid should walk to school and not be driven because they might be statistically safer. (laughs) But that's the thing. It's a control We don't want to give that up. (laughs) We don't want to give up the car. That's just really convenient. That's right. It's funny because you're like, yeah, you probably are the worst threat to your kid in a way by driving them somewhere more than a a stranger that's going to kidnap them. It's just perception. It's just a mad, that's, it's just a perception and the way our fear is directed and the way i'm I'm very ambivalent about the internet and my partner is as well because he both of us i mean it's lucky that we're in agreement but both of us are kind of like we don't really want her to have a smartphone and stuff and like that's going to be really tough when she starts going everybody else has got one except for me (laughs) right right um but genuinely i already like some of my friends with young kids are like but, you know, sometimes they just are upset. You just have to give them the iPad. You just have right, to. And right. I'm a bit like, but then does it get a point where you actually have stopped trying anything else? I know, Do you know what I, I mean? And like, It's so hard to know. And it's so hard to know with the advances in technology and stuff. It's so hard to know how you're going to feel and what people are going to be doing by the time it's iPad time. Babe, the one thing I would say of all the stuff in the house that's going to be tricky for an interview is the cords. Yeah, and I know they're like really squiggly and like the... curly and she's they're like, kind of springy and gummy-ish. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Baby, I super get it. Baby, come and have a look at this book. So <gasps> Della, she, you're a what's baby. really good is she loves books. She does actually that love books because she doesn't terrific. have... I mean, we let like like her watch television and stuff. Because I'm quite. Did she just say book? Yeah, she loves books. I was just going to say. So sometimes she's crying. She was crying in the car yesterday because it was bad traffic, and she was getting a bit bored. And, and she was like, <laughs> she doesn't never really properly cries. She sort of goes, <laughs> uh-huh. and I sort of went what? And she went <laughs> book. That's just oh, book. hello. Thank you <laughs> for like, communicating you want a book. that. She's like, book. That's, That's one of her handy. words that she says. Say book. Book. Where's the book? She's like, she's a book. Step off, mom. There's a very shiny (laughs) UFO looking thing in my face. This is fascinating. (laughs) But yeah, that's one of her words. But I do sometimes go, "Mm, I'm really smug like a woman that's hothoused her child because she's like, ask. She's demanding for books. (laughs) Did everyone hear that? She asked for a book, everyone. She asked for a book. She also (laughs) is starting to do numbers as well. And sometimes I'm like, two. She said the number two. She saw it written on the lift and she said two. And then I put a different number and I go, look at that. And she goes, too. And I'm just like, oh, damn, lucky guess. You're but... embarrassing me, Dilla. Please, yeah, please get it right. Please let me hothouse you oh, more. But I mean, yeah, I think, I don't know. I, I think it will get tricky as she gets older and wants, you know, because it is so dominating our life, our, our sort of social interaction now. It's all through, you know, so social media. And part of me is terrified about because she's a girl as well i think there's even more like pressure like what do you look like Mm -hmm. you know the perfect picture um did you have a sense of a preference like did you now looking back can you be honest because i always think girl or boy yeah well i kind of assumed it would be a girl in a funny sort of way because i have a sister my mum has a sister my dad has three sisters Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. and i was kind of like it's gonna be a girl and i feel like i just felt like i know girls but in a way, I was like, if it's a boy, it will be like 
mind-blowing to me right. but in a good way yeah. like I was sort of like it'll be like whoa boys like I'm getting to know a boy it's like you know I just felt that that would be somehow really strange but interesting yeah but um when she when it was a girl I was just like yeah of course it's a girl and did the you had you found out <laughs> what sex she was I mean it's yeah. incredibly rare now not to we did yeah I was just a bit like I never thought I would be that bothered about knowing but actually I was just a bit like I don't know if we'll have another baby I don't know if that you know, we had a kind of health scare at the beginning where the scat, they said there's no heartbeat and stuff. And so we, I was <sighs> nervous throughout the whole sure. sort of first trimester of like, is this going to work? And I just sure. kind of was like, I just want to know who, who's in there, yeah. you know? And yeah. like, so that was, I don't know. I didn't know I was going to feel like that. I feel like it's complete. Uh, what I knew was like, I mean, I know she's wearing a pink t-shirt today but i was like just because it's a honestly, girl we're my, not gonna my boyfriend will put that shirt on in a hot second he's a straight man <laughs> a bit who's small. Six, three, so. small? <laughs> i mean yeah that probably he could use that as like a little hanky but yeah as a hat yeah like with poppers on that's on right it. like i mean um, that's just a beautiful shirt no yeah. no ins and outs it's liberty, it. no, yeah it's liberty brand. and also like um, <laughs> you're doing some great pattern clashing which i'm a huge fan of which well, is like a navy polka that's dot my rebellion with, with that's my small rebellion i'm like she can wear pink as long as it's with some like slightly gothic pants that's right that's right but um but yeah i was very strongly like well we're not going to paint the nursery pink that's just not going to happen and actually i did say to my friends and relatives like don't buy her anything pink because i'm not gonna she's not gonna wear it you're never gonna see her wear it yeah because then you get into this whole sort of and it's funny because that's uh, something that i that i think about a lot and i feel I don't want to say I feel passionately about in the sense that I feel self-righteous about it, but I find myself becoming impassioned quickly in conversations about gender and gender neutrality and, and trans issues because, um, you know, I was with a bunch of brilliant and wonderful and delightful gay white men Mm. who were in West Hollywood in this beautiful liberal bubble of West Hollywood in the beautiful (laughs) liberal bubble of Hollywood and the beautiful liberal bubble of some of Southern California. Mm. Uh, and there's there's some real discomfort amongst some of them about sort of trans rights and right. the you know arguments that are being made in Canada for you know is it going to be illegal if you don't refer to someone by the gender that they elect for you to refer to them by yeah and it's and that's sort of a big topic of conversation right now and I have a my, my cousin who's very much just an older brother to me in mm. every you know in every way other than literally is uh, is trans and he is a very gentle trans activist mm. he is all about compassion and love and i understand that this seems weird to you and, and to most people to and it's people. confusing yeah. and let's work together on this and he just doesn't have that righteous indignation he just that's and i'm not it's saying it's misplaced it's fine like you can have that too and you have to have all of those flavors to kind of push things forward mm. but they're all but but it's just there's this sort there is a sort of irony of like now boys you have you sort of have now become this norm and now you're looking <laughs> at this thing going i don't won. approve of yeah. this yeah yeah it's, it's funny it's interesting and that's and so there is this sort of that takes you all the way back to when you look at a baby this idea of like you get it you're like oh first it was just like how do we tell the difference between a boy and a girl mm. babies look the same when they have yeah. clothes on yeah. and so you can sort of see the seeds of some of that being totally well-intentioned like no one meant like fuck you you can't <laughs> be a boy who wears pink yeah it was just like yeah but that's how we tell because mm. gender is so important yes. to 
cultures like ours, I mean, whether it should thing. be or shouldn't. Like, I, I mean, mean, it just I, is. I wouldn't say to her, you can't be into pink. I certainly was. Right. I remember having pink Cindy clothes and all of that stuff. But I just don't want that to be the starting point that it's assumed. I want her to be able to choose that. And yeah, you do go like gender is so strange how delineated it is. I mean, of course, we've got different freedoms as women. At least we don't, you know, we're allowed to vote and we have jobs and stuff like that. But you kind of go, there's other more sort of sinister, pervasive things going on, like the selfie culture and you know, just the worship of like Kim Kardashian and, and people like that, you kind of go, that's pervasive and it's to do with marketing. It's to do with money, actually. And that's what's giving us this social anxiety about, oh, I've got to have better eyelashes or I've got to have this. And I wonder, you know, I, I can't speak for anyone that's trans, but I wonder if that also has an impact as well. You know, this sort of Maybe it's toxic femininity, we could call it, you know, well, as well as, interesting. Yeah. you know, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not academic enough to kind of have said that I've studied any of this. I don't know, but, but I do sort of go, you know, I would take more your cousin's view of kind of compassionate, gentle kind of, uh, you know, campaigning or whatever for, for rights because I feel like my film is a bit like that sometimes people say is it a feminist film and I'm like well I am a feminist so I'm sure it's been tinged by it but when I make films I'm trying to make human films that are about society and I'm not trying to beat up on men I, there's some horrible women in there as well and I would argue that that's equality for women to be able to be horrible I think <laughs> why that's should a really, they really be good point. no I agree with you I think that's that's a conversation that's you know uh, we could probably extrapolate from uh, five things we've just said and talk for an hour about each one of them. And that, mm. and that is another one is this idea. And I've kind of gone through phases in, uh, on the podcast where for whatever reason, either it's a zeitgeist or it just happens to, it's a happenstance where there does seem to be this sort of focus on like, no, I'm really interested in why feminism is a dirty word or mm. feminism isn't and why mm. and what's changed in the last mm. year that suddenly, but that's, I think that's, um, that's another conversation, which is this sort of idea of like that 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 there is a this un, there is a belief in within some people that if you say you're a feminist, then suddenly you're defined by that as if that's your cause celeb. Yeah. Like you're like, well, that's who I am. I'm a feminist, and everything I do serves that but, ideology. But versus be... like, oh, I'm just saying, I think women and men are equal, and everybody should have the same rights it doesn't mean well, that i suddenly I mean, don't love men for, for or that me, a man can the be the most feminist. important I mean, thing for me is freedom and i don't want anything that limits me i don't want you know when you look at when you look at the work of martin scorsese do you think that he limits himself by saying i categorize myself as this is one thing like i'm catholic that's the only thing you need to know about me that's it you know um, and so I kind of feel like my whole film actually was about saying everyone's an individual. Mm. Like, why do we feel this need? This is the stuff about pressures on parenting and gender is like this need to make it tribal and make it warlike. Like, which camp do you belong to? Mm-hmm. You've got to decide. You've got to be one or the other. And and what about just compassion and just going, we're all humans. We all get stuff wrong. We're all trying to do our best. It's like if an alien race came down and said, you said, you know, what do you think about gender politics? Aliens would just go, you're mental. You're all exactly <laughs> the same. We can, we can see some small appendages that make mm-hmm. some differences. But apart from that, you're basically the same. Right. You have the same emotions. You have the same, 
you know, makeup, you have the same things that happen you're to you in your life. You're breathing the same air. You're, you're, you know, everything yeah. about the, the, the physiological structure of how you survive as a race is so it's uniform. The same. And your life story is pretty much the same. And this is why I feel quite strongly about this, about film is like, you know, there's not such huge differences that a man can watch, can't watch a film about a woman and understand it and empathize it with it. You know, if she feels sadness, do men not feel sadness? You know, um, it's, it's all that kind of thing. And so, and also, you know, you just try and make stories that have got a kind of overview about humanity, I guess. And like, cause this is the thing, you know, like talking about gender and stuff, I think you, you know, if I was a more clever person, I'd really be looking into the past. Like we're talking about like thousands of years ago. Like I know a bit about ancient Greece and stuff like that, but there were very different boundaries about gender. And, Absolutely. you know, it, you know, at that time it would be perfectly fine to have a relationship with a young boy. I mean, I'm not <laughs> advocating that, right. but you know, there are whole poems that are written to the beauty of a young boy right. and his fe- almost what we would think feminine qualities. He's got golden curls, he's got soft skin and stuff. So you do go like there has been different attitudes to the boundaries of gender Absolutely. Uh, throughout all the ages we've lived in and, and still in different cultures around the world. So you kind of go, when you look at stuff like that, you kind of go, what? I, I mean, I really believe that, that you know, we're, we are being controlled by consumerism to such a great extent. And it's one of the things that I don't, that I really am suspicious about, about technology, because we're just being bombarded with advertising all the time. We're sort of under this illusion that we have more free will than we actually do. Yeah, that's a, it's a scary place to be when you sort of start to wonder what, why you like what you like and mm. and that I think we're also living in a very interesting time of conspiracy theory culture, you know, being so again, like rising to the top again. And Mm. for God knows for very interesting, compelling and scary reasons. Mm. So I totally get it. And I feel myself kind of leaning into that, but yeah, there's also the certain point where, I mean, I kind of think (laughs) conspiracy theories can be true to the extent of like, I think capitalism can evolve certain structures and things to happen that it's happening the conspiracy is true but it's no one person making that thing happen it's just happening well because of these structures well said well said um making yeah it, yeah is that the bad thing that's happening yes it is is there one person making that happen no <laughs> it's well just- yeah th- i think that's a really interesting point and i i'm gonna i have to move into this mash game which i didn't explain to you what it was so maybe i'll pause it so i don't put my poor listeners through <laughs> we're this getting really we're getting time. really deep now we went there conspiracy um but but <laughs> yeah i i think that's really interesting god it, it, this is like sometimes i feel like i've been smoking pot even though i don't even smoke pot anymore but um it is that i think that's really interesting this idea that there's something it's there's something self permissive about imagining that there is a white man on the mountain with and we're all marionettes that he's pulling the strings of mm. that removes accountability in some way it's almost like a belief in god it's like yeah. there's one person that's in control of this that's a very safe feeling isn't it it's, even if they're doing the bad things you know right. it's like the devil as it's well my fault there's a conspiracy yeah. that i can't control because i don't even have any information about and it because know, that's why it's a conspiracy and the extension of that narrative is if we knock that one person out that right. you know if we fight that one person then all the bad things will stop in the world and everything will be happy and like yeah. and you sort of like well that's not 
that's not ever going to happen. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree with you because I, and, 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 and by the way, I'm not suggesting for people who believe that there are, there's a, I mean, there's proof that like in terms of quote unquote running things, you know, the idea because of the, the technology that we have and because money is so incredibly important in a consumer and capitalistic culture mm. that yes, there are oligarchies. Yes, there are monopolies. Absolutely. There are people who are controlling, you know, the airwaves or people who are controlling, but I think to your point, those things may be true, but there's a sense of helplessness in conspiracy theories. Whereas mm. what I think a lot of people trying to do, particularly with this administration are saying we can mobilize and mm. there is stuff that you can do. Mm. That doesn't mean that tomorrow you're going to like bankrupt a company that does bad things, mm. but there's, it's very scary because once you start going there and you start going like, well, what's my accountability in these products that I buy? What's this, my accountability in these programs that I choose yeah. to watch or these movies I choose to go pay for? Where am I putting my money? Where am I supporting where I don't necessarily know? And I think that that takes us back to this sort of like, oh, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm just trying to be a mom or I'm just trying yeah. to do this. I can't also take that on. It's like, well, let's just do little pieces at a time yeah. and like, let's support I each mean, other and finding causes and sort of make it easier to go, well, just stop doing this one thing today. Yeah. Just see what that feels like. I delete to my uber account i have not missed it <laughs> and maybe if i do miss it i'll be like oh i miss it today but i'm not going to be like well now i believe in uber again i i am going to go a bit religious now away from the politics because i actually am a bit crap at all the politics stuff but uh, i know what i think but i'm just a total idealist so you know it's often has not very much application in real life what i actually think but um I, I used to have that anxiety about, you know, oh, I'm not, not doing enough. I'm not giving enough to charity. I'm not like, you know, being polit politically active enough or whatever. Uh, I'm not helping these people or whatever. And I read this book about Buddhism and um, it's a very particular type of Buddhism, which is very pragmatic. I can't remember what it's called, but, you know, there's one stage below enlightenment and it's called Bodhisattva. Um, I, I'm not saying it right. There'll be someone out there, loads of people out there going, she's not saying it right. I know I'm not saying it right. But then they'll Apologies. also be like, I love her British accent, whatever <laughs> yes. American thing. Wow, maybe that is how you say it. Um, <laughs> yes, that is how you say it. Um, but it was, it's kind of this idea of having a single purpose in your life of doing something that's good. And, but it's, it, it only has to be like one thing and you have to kind of go, maybe it's, it's sort of a belief of like, this is my thing that I'm here to do. And it's not everything. It might just be one thing. It might be being a good mum. It might be, you know, working for one charity or right. it might be for me, I kind of looked at it and I was like, this was before, way before I had a kid, but I was like, for me, it's making narratives about, um, women actually. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, and I kind of thought, yeah, I work quite hard at that. And I don't think that I'm doing it for purely selfish reasons. I think that, cause I think that's the thing about Bodhisattva. It's something that you're contributing to the world that mm -hmm. is making it a better place. And also it doesn't have to be, uh, a, a feeling of sacrifice to do it. You can also have a thing that's giving out that also makes you feel wonderful. Like yeah. there's, they're not mutually exclusive. Yeah. And they and shouldn't be. And the, I, well, that's what I love about Buddhism is it's like embrace that you're human. Like if you feel jealousy, yeah, of course you do. What right. do you think? You're special. You think you're some sort of angel that doesn't feel these human emotions, feel them and get on with it. So it's, it's almost like this thing of like, yeah, you're going to feel you don't do enough. But if you can think of one thing that you do do and that, and that you're you're pursuing and that you know it means something to you that can be enough you know and i thought that was quite amazing actually to sort of go 
and then it gives you a kind of clarity of purpose as well. I did actually sort of have this sort of thing of like, oh, what would be my thing that I'm, I think that I'm doing? Um, and I was like, oh, I do, I do really believe in like people coming to empathize more with female characters on screen than they think they should. And I think that's kind of what I try to do as a writer or, or maybe I do it unintentionally, but, um, but yeah, so I think that's my bodhisattva. I, I love it and I, I will never say it any other way. Um, I'm going to pause this so I can explain to you what yeah. MASH is so I don't put these sure. people through it. Oh my gosh. Okay. That was a great tutorial. I have to really pat myself on the back for it. Okay, Alice. <laughs> it so was. the first category for you is going to be three women uh, from the past or present, living or dead, um, but real women that it would have been, uh, that it would be really cool to collaborate with on something and on some level. Are you fussy about that adorable fox in that book? I can't imagine that you are. That's a great question. Um, Yeah, I'll just have to shake something for her. Do you want to shake that rabbit? What's wrong, baby? Do you want to cuddle with me? We're so close to being done. Look at my rabbit. Do you want a little cuddle with me? Are you envious? Oh, I know what I've got. I've got some blueberries for her. Uh I can't believe I've been so resistant. Blueberry calling. The blueberries. (gasps) In a very cute, that must be Japanese. It's, um, do you have the shop Tiger here? Oh, yes, yes, we do in, I think, New York. Yeah, okay, I see great. some it's very like delicious Yeah, but for, like, knickknacks. Yeah. Yep. I, 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 you have the word I guarantee you there. I have something tiger, uh, originated this a tiger. It's kind of a tiger room. thing. I mean, it's more, it's more kind of probably yeah, well-made than a tiger yeah, thing. No, very, very tiger much is, is, like, very low-budget, uh-huh. but it's cool. <laughs> Sorry, I'm cute. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, so three, three women uh, from history or today that it would be awesome to collaborate on something with. And it doesn't even matter if it's like a film or if it was like, you know, I, you know what I would like to read, write a song with Barbara Streisand. Oh, yeah. Um, well, that's a really good, I was going to choose kind of music people actually. Oh, cause, nice. um, I really like Amanda Palmer, who I think is, um, a bit of a heroine of mine. And she definitely influenced me with this film because she did this open letter to, um, her fans when she had a baby, because one of her fans said, I'm really worried that you're going to stop creating. Mm. And she did this brilliant letter where she was like, I don't know what's going to happen, but yeah. that's being an artist. Yeah. Like, and there are a million other things that could have stopped her from creating too, by the way. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Know. And you know, do men stop creating when they have a kid? Like, you know, do yeah. they take time off? Anyway, it's just, um, I think she's really cool. And I think she's really has a really interesting way of thinking about being an artist and stuff. And I find it quite difficult Sorry, I'm really going off on a tangent. No, I no, find no. It, this is, there, the, I want to know the reasons that you pick the people. Well, that you pick. yeah. I mean, I find it, especially if your parents, like my per- parents are working class and they grew up with a very strong work ethic of like, you know, they, they're teachers actually. And they grew up sort of going. Both of mine were too. Oh, really? That's yeah. so funny. That's why we get on so well. I know. Um, <laughs> I always like course your parents are teachers yeah we're part of the gang oh you also have guilt Uh, about doing something that's not teaching got it so we're trying to teach through our work got it exactly (laughs) you've got it in a nutshell it's like and also it's this thing of like of course children are really precious to you uh, to us so we really wanted you to fulfill your dreams and do whatever you wanted but don't be an actor don't be an actor that's right what do you mean you didn't earn anything last week why are you being an actor of course we've brought you up to Really obsess over actors because we brought you up like watching all weird yeah, TV we all are supposed shows to and, that, no matter what. Yeah. and looking at interesting art and literature. Well, but for truth. God's sake, don't join that tribe. Like, yep. what the hell? What about your bank account? And yeah. so, yeah, my mum and dad very much brought us up like that. And I think we, me and my sister, both struggled with this sort of thing of like, we both want to be artists, but 
um, we don't know if we're allowed, you know, and it's almost like, God can, you know, and, and I think Amanda Palmer has this amazing attitude of like, Per, you know this permission which is kind of almost like this spiritual thing of like mm. you have permission to be mm. an artist and artists are important to society and you're allowed to ask for money for what you're doing if it makes people feel good because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know human beings need art and yeah. stuff and so that's quite good for me Absolutely. it's quite healthy I that very empowering and it takes me quite a, i'm terrible at asking for money i'm really bad and i need to get better at I doing it too um <laughs> so that's Amanda one Palmer, person. I love it. Yeah. Um I really like Bjork. Great. I've great, been great, Oh great. no, do you know what? I, I can I do yeah, Bjork slash yeah. Kate Bush. Oh, Kate absolutely. Bush is my all time oh, heroine. She she's like my Bowie, you know. Yep. Yep. Although I do like Bowie as well, but she's I just think like everything like in terms of her visual stuff, her representation of stuff, her daringness, like yep. just defeating all of these kind of i mean I I, she has more of a presence in the uk than she ever really got here yeah but, you yeah, really had sure. it, but but, uh, but i i could not have loved her she's more, a cultural kind of touchstone i think just even if she'd only ever done wuthering heights you yeah. know we you'd know exactly yeah. you know she's just iconic but the fact that she's every decade she's like the best-selling female artist in the uk That's now of all fantastic. time because doing her concert just all of her back catalog sure sure sold out again and they had to start you know re-releasing all of her albums again on vinyl and stuff so um but you know for me as well like i always assume because she's always been there like her first single was like the year i was born or something yeah so she's always been there for me and um <laughs> she's always been there for me <laughs> I think um, that's, but that's, she's that makes sense. you know she's in a godlike kind of way i've never n- not known kate bush's presence but um i went to see her concert which was amazing and i did cry um i'm sure I yeah would. i've never i've never mind blowing uh, no i've never seen it <laughs> but you know she's never she didn't tour for like 30 years because she just stopped touring and 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 so to, i never thought i'd get to see her live yeah. on stage but then reading her program there was this bit where she was talking about her creative process and she's collaborating with theater directors and visual artists and and she said oh i was so protective about working with the director and when he came in i gave him the speech and i was thinking what's the speech because you think kate bush is like this softly spoken right, like right. ethereal creature like a galadriel or something right and she said i gave him the speech about how i've battled my entire life for creative control and mm. and people for people to listen to me and if he starts overriding me i'm not going to accept that and i was like oh my god kate bush has had yeah. to fight for yeah. creative control who would fight kate bush right. you know like but it made me realize my god women struggle all the, all the time even kate bush is struggling for people to not go that's a bit of a stupid idea right we're not going to do it. It won't work. Right. Even Kate Bush has to fight that. And I, the same with Bjork as well. She's given interviews where she's like, it, it means you have to say five things in a room before actually it gets through. Yeah. And then a guy still goes, that was a great idea of mine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh my God, Kate, you know, Bjork oh, yeah. and Kate Bush still yeah. have to go through this. Anyway, that's not particularly why they are my heroines. But um, I think it's just the freedom with which their minds work or Kate Mm -hmm. Bush's mind works that she just doesn't seem to be hampered and also what I feel is like some of her ideas are quite absurd you know she's written a song about a washing machine and you know some people would go well that's why you can't take her seriously she's written a song about washing machine my thing is 
why the fuck can't women write a song about yeah. a washing machine? And you should be terrified of her creativity that she dares to do that. Right. You, because she has no boundaries. And right. a bloke might have boundaries about that and go, oh, no, that's stupid. You can't do that. Right. I feel like I've faced that my whole career of like people saying, oh, no, you can't do that. You, you actually can't do that. It's not within the rules. And it's silly. It's a silly idea. People will think it's silly. And I'm like... I don't care. And and this was true yeah. with my film. I did all the Good things that nobody told me that I couldn't do this film. And they, yeah. nobody told me you can't do it in that way. And I was like, and look, people like it. Yeah. You know, people enjoy it and there's nothing wrong with it. And in fact, some of the stuff that people might have told me that's too clumsy is the thing that people like about it because it's original, that's you know, great. and it's fresh. That's great. Um, and I just feel like I've learned that from these kind of more visual artists who are in music and it's about emotion it's about intuition mm -hmm. and sometimes there's this huge thing about maybe um you know maybe this is my third person but i'm really cheating here i'm still no I, I gotta in. tell you i'm I, look, now <laughs> i have i have very stringent rules okay. uh i'm no, no actually i'm gonna leave bjork and kate bush separate just because i think they're so different from one mm, another yeah but i want to have them and then i also just looked at the time and realized i have to move on from this yes. category okay um <laughs> I but that's but at least they're, those are just my very simple rules uh mm. that i've that i'm suddenly being very uh adhesive to no well mm. i would talk for seven hours if you uh, well, I would talk like, to you for seven hours. This, this is why I have to like regulate. Um, okay. Next category is uh, three places that you would love to have a, a, a vacation home if getting there were no um, problem. It was just sort of teleport yourself. Um, I think. And by the way, vacation can mean whatever it means to you. Like I would, okay. I'm not, I'm never ever going to pick a beautiful straw hut looking out into the open ocean. I always would want to be somewhere where I can also sort of like bike ride into town and be busy and do things and make and be and all that. Um, I'm going to say like um, a vacation home in Kathmandu. Maybe that's like one of my places Great. that I feel... Um, I have not been there for years and I haven't been there since the earthquake and I feel like that would really upset me because I spent my year... I did a year out and I worked in Kathmandu and I still sometimes have dreams about being mm. in Kathmandu. It's really weird. Like that is a, it's a magical place in I'm my mind. Sure. But a lot of those buildings have been destroyed. These ancient buildings, which is really sad. So in yeah. some ways, I don't know if I could go back because I feel like, well, the Buddhists, I'm sure would help support you through that going. <laughs> everything's temporary. Yeah. You exactly. have the memory of those buildings. They no longer stand, but that's yeah. what's wonderful about hu being a human is that they sort of persist in the, in yeah, the mind. And to let and go and of material things go of material as well. Things, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's in my mind, like would be my, and then probably somewhere like, um, Cornwall mm -hmm. in the UK, which, Great. you know, I'm fully probably going to retire there. It's too far from London really for, mm -hmm. to, to, for me to go there that often. But when I go there, I'm like, ah, oh, this is my spiritual home. Mm -hmm. This is like, uh, quaint. I, I love the UK. I go on holiday in the UK all the time because nice. I'm obsessed with tiny little chocolate box. Even though I'm yeah. English, you'd think, aren't you bored of that? I'd be like, I'm like, no, the, I, get I, it. I can't get enough of it. I I'm really a hobbit. I need small yep. thatched houses yeah. with little flower gardens and stuff. It's just my thing. I go, I go and have tea in little tea shops and I have scones I and cream love and jam. That. This is just my favorite thing. It's great. Um, so yeah, somewhere like that. Ooh, a third place. It's really tricky because I don't travel recreationally that much anymore. Mm. As an actor, I've kind of given it up. It's like you can't have two variables in your life. If you're an actor, your life is weird enough already. 
Uh, and I used to travel much more. And then when I became an actor, I sort of only travel for work. So I'm really struggling with the third one. Oh, maybe I'll say somewhere like Switzerland, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. up a mountain, like literally with snow yep. and a chalet. And you can and... still have uh, tiny, beautiful little houses with uh, yeah. tiny things to eat. Yeah. Oh, that's a wintry, a kind of wintry Yeah, thing. I love a winter climb. I uh, really do. Yeah, so Switzerland's or like a Scandinavian sort mm-hmm, of place. Mm-hmm. Somewhere with like a wood chalet in the snow with fir trees. 100% agree. Um, and like hot a hot fire that you're sort of having fondue or that kind of I thing. Couldn't, like, I could not embrace that more. I strongly, <laughs> strongly support that. Uh, okay. And then next one, I, we started talking about fondue. So I always have to build this category in. It's in this uh, reality, there may be something that you're allergic to or that isn't good for you for some reason or another. You're so lucky that the carpet is the exact color I of know, blueberries. It's really that. working That's out like... for everyone. Um, uh, <laughs> is uh, So like in this world that you can have, it, or it can be something that you've had, but it's, it's too hard to get at at a moment's notice. This is at the snap of your fingers in perpetuity as much as you want three foods food? that are oh. like good for you in this reality. Like they're they're nutritious, but in Really? I'm not in allowed to choose something bad. Oh no, I mean oh, like, I see. like in this if reality like off. clotted cream and scones yeah. is like vitamins. Yeah. Okay, so there's one product in the UK and it's called a Tunnock's tea cake. Okay. Um it is covered it in foil, red and silver striped foil you open it up and it is a chocolate dome and it has marshmallow inside but it's not it's not tough marshmallow it's like soft squishy marshmallow i could eat 10 of them understood understood they are amazing and you can't get them everywhere you can't yeah. get them everywhere i don't They're know quite if, I, if i've seen one i didn't know i was looking at next it. time you go if you go to the uk just get one get yeah. to ask people just say where can i find such a thing yeah they are amazing um and I would be so sad if they ever like got bought out by another company that skimped <laughs> we, on the ch- chocolate or something. Long yeah. may they rain. Okay, give me two more. Um, what else am I a big fan of? Mini eggs. Oh, these yep, are all very yep, like, like branded Cadbury, things. Like, a, like yeah. Mi- yeah, mini eggs, which are these very Moorish little crunchy oh, eggs. And they are powdery pastel kind of colors. They mm-hmm, are beautiful. Yep. Um, and what else? Maybe I will go with scones and clotted cream oh, and jam, actually. I do love a why not? Scone. Now that we've mentioned it, like... Great. You know, why the hell not? That's one thing, for some reason, I do know how to bake well. Um, I've chosen all, like, sugary oh, things there. But yeah, but <laughs> that's what this is for. Uh, okay, three people, all due respect to your wonderful partner, uh, but three people that in this alternate universe, uh, it could just be for kind of sexy times, okay. or it could be sort of my alternate universe partner, okay. uh, and it can be characters from books, it doesn't have to be like, oh. it has to be Rafe Fiennes, like okay. it doesn't, you know, it can be sort of imaginary okay. as well, um, or characters well, from I movies. think I'm allowed to say this, because my partner has a passing resemblance, and sometimes people take stills of films and go, huh, I thought it was you. Uh-huh. Um, Keanu Reeves. There you go. Um, my partner has a kind of mixed race heritage and long hair and a beard. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. that's just, I think that's allowed. It's absolutely um, allowed. And also I had a massive crush on Keanu Reeves as a teenager. That was kind of like my poster under the bed. Yep, yep, I didn't even yep. pin on the wall. I was yep. so humiliated. I was like, <gasps> I have to hide it. This is my private boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. I only bought this magazine because I was reading an article about something else, but I happened to rip out this poster and like hide it under my bed. Um, then I would say someone like, I mean, there's lots of actors that I could choose that I have massive crushes on, but right. I would say Don, someone like Donald Sutherland, who mm-hmm. oh, is not conventionally charmer. attractive, but he's just got 
the thing. Yeah. He's got the He's thing. Got it's it. like a Bill Murray kind of. Yep. Totally. There's get it. just something get about it. him. Um, and then I might choose something like I used to actively fancy cartoons when I was a child. Love so it. Like Peter I totally Pan. Get it. Yep. Yeah. So what I would choose is maybe like Ulysses 31, which is a very obscure. It's actually a French cartoon, but it was animated by a Japanese company, so it's very manga anime. Yeah. Kinda. Um, oh, I have to find it. That's and awesome. yeah, and it's an '80s cartoon. The soundtrack is amazing. But Ulysses, it's like the classical story of Ulysses, but in space. That's it's great. incredible. That's great. And I, I really fancied Ulysses. That's great. God, I want to see that. <laughs> uh, I really fancied people with beards. I think I, I used to. People used to talk about me having. I used to be like, oh, I've got Jesus complex. Yeah. Did Actually, your dad now, have like, a beard? Everybody has a Yes, of course. Of course my dad has a beard. I know. I like beards and my dad did yes. too. What can and I like, say? Is my that dad gross? sometimes threatens to shave it off and we're like, no. Yeah. My dad no. did shave his off. Was that just really the most I'm creepy thing? Yeah. I like his beard. Now, because yeah. now he has a mustache. I'm like, that's fine. Yeah. I also oh, okay. sort of like mustaches. But... It is ma- the mustache is the clincher. Like yeah. if the mustache went, you'd be like, oh, it'd be like yeah. someone losing Who an eye or something. You'd be like, where's it gone? Like, you know. I think the mustache is the clincher, but you know, the beard, I've never seen my dad without a beard. So I'm so not funny. interested in that. Look, at, our, without look at us little Freud children. Fuck you, Freud. <laughs> Sorry, Della. Okay. Next category. Oh, I just realized I have a call at 1230 on a Saturday, oh. which is gross, but it's a, it's a fun work. Don't call, worry. So. I'll be really fast. Um, okay. So let's, one. we're going to, well, this is a speed round. So next fun. category <laughs> will be, um, we'll do, we'll do three movies that you can disappear into whenever you want to interact with the characters and be in that place. It's not that you're reliving the plot or that you're a character in it it's just like oh i want to be in this realm three. Oh, um, oh we've moved into beautiful baby bell type cheese <laughs> i would say um definitely um i love a bit of 70s-ness so mm-hmm, i'm kind mm-hmm. of like gonna say um well it has to be a film uh, it doesn't have to be. It could be a TV show. It could be um, uh, like a, a novel. Like a documentary about Fleetwood Mac. Oh, or something. great. I would love to be like Please. in that era where they're all, Lindsay Buckingham, Buckingham has a white man's afro. Oh, and, great. And great, great, great. All the floaty Rhiannon, you know, Fantastic. outfits. Fantastic. Um, I I love a bit of Victoriana as well. Mm-hmm. It's always about costumes, you know. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, so maybe if I chose something like... Um, I don't know, like the Elephant Man or something like that. Okay, I, I couldn't be, be the Elephant excited. Man, but I'm just trying to think of something where people are wearing like, those sort of costumes that I really like. Yep, like they're all corseted and you know high necked, mm-hmm. puffed sleeves and mm-hmm. stuff. I love all of that. Um, and I don't know, maybe Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Let's choose something like yeah. Technicolor and yep. a yep. bit psychedelic. Uh, oh, I'm going to put Willy Wonka on the Chocolate Factory because yeah. I think that's the one. Is you that mean. what it's called? Well, yeah, because know, the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is a book. Yeah, but then that's, that's what the Tim Ro- uh, Tim Burton remake was. Mm. So I just had to make sure we knew it was the seventies era. Oh yeah, we Gene Wilder. I'm yeah. totally talking about the Gene Perfect. Wilder one. Okay, um, next category is three things that you uh, in this Mash universe you get to take credit for, and it could be a concept, <laughs> a building, a work of art, a song, uh, a book, uh, uh, just an invention like oh seatbelts or whatever. Uh, but um, three things that it's like oh I wish I could have um, that. Well, I would have mentioned this person earlier but the under the skin soundtrack i think oh, is great. pretty awesome great. um and i would have loved if i'd ever been a musician that's the sort of thing i would have you know i really like bond to me it was like a bond theme tune mm-hmm, actually mm-hmm. it was very john barry and i yep. love john barry stuff so yeah sound under the skin like great that. um what else i would like to have god oh I'm sorry, I'm really drying up. Oh no, it's <laughs> drying up. 
Oh, I know. Really? Something okay. You're also expertly feeding gooey cheese, which... Bronte. Yeah. I would like to have like written oh, Wuthering yes. Heights. Yes, yes. I just recently went to their birthplace and where they lived and just did a total nerd pilgrimage. Oh, that's great. Um, so I love all of that. Um, gothic kind of literature and stuff. Um, maybe like a painting or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. Let's say like a... a what is it? Is it Bosch? <laughs> That, you know, he did all the surrealist kind of weird surrealist pictures. Yeah. Oh B O S C H. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so something like that. I would have loved to have been a painter. I would love to go to art college. I'm a surrealist like, painter. Yeah. That's great. That's great, great, great. Okay. Okay. Then uh, last one is. Uh, well, let's do time travel. You can travel to a time and sort of a place. It doesn't have to be as specific as this one day, this one huge event, but it could be like 1920s Paris or, you know, as you said, Victorian England or Nova Scotia in the Victorian era, you know, that I sort of thing. it would have to be France. Okay. It would have to be like um, Marie Antoinette era. Great. I love that. Great, great, great. I just love all of the, again, it's Lush. Costumes. Beautiful, it's yeah. I get it. I really get um, it. It's about the clothes. But also just actually the furniture. Oh, my God. Look at what yeah. she's doing. It's really okay. I'll tell you what. I have uh, two dogs who will be so excited to be let in here and like the carpet. It's really oh going to be great. They're going to like be hoovering. They're going to be heaven. Um, okay. France, Marie Antoinette era. Mm-hmm. Two more. Um, sorry. What was the category? It was Time like- travel. Time and era, era Um, and and location, sort of. um, Okay, so ancient Greece, I guess. Yeah, let's let's find out about all those beautiful poems being written. Yeah, exactly. Um, Just to kind of see and like see what it would be like to watch all the plays in ancient Greece, Athens, and stuff. Yeah, Um, and then maybe maybe like prehistory. Yeah, I go to like and see like monkey monkey people. <laughs> monkey people, amazing. Let's see the monkey people. Amazing. Okay, I love it. On. Okay, uh, tell now. This is that thing where I sort of do a thing that you don't need to see, but um, you can sort of very quickly tell me when to stop. Oh, stop! Great. I'm going to pause this. Do a little bit of tallying. Can I just go and wash my hands? You can like, wash your hands while like... that happens. A hundred percent. I'm going to tally this up and I'm going to come back with my uh, my. Absolutely. I'll, we'll just be here blueberrying and counting. All good. Hi. Okay. Uh, oh, Della, you're real cute. Um, okay. Yeah, I know. I know. You've been flirting with me this entire time, so we both know we got something. Okay. This is the what I'm excited to announce is uh, number one. Oh, there's so much good stuff in here. I don't even know where to start. Oh, good. Okay. As if having unlimited with zero health ramifications, having a... Clotted cream, scones, and jam weren't enough. When you tire of that flawless (laughs) food, you can jump right into Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, (gasps) hang out with all those groovy 70s characters, swim (sighs) in that fairly disgusting chocolate river, but everything else about it I love. You know what I would go straight to? I would go straight <laughs> to the mushrooms where you can just scoop the frosting, the uh, white spots well, of frosting. Well, that's like a tonic's tea cake. That well, there you the go. There you cake. go. So now I know I'd love that. So I get both, really. So you get scones, you get Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. You can also uh, head to your beautiful mansion in Cornwall, England for a vacation. 
Yeah. You can visit, uh, you can zip very far back into time to hang out with the monkey people. <gasps> I'm, I'm very into The monkey now. people of Cornwall. The beautiful monkey people of Cornwall. Mm. And uh, you also uh, are, and I, and by the way, all of these adventures you're having, I feel certain is informing all of these gorgeous, stunning my next film. soundtracks <laughs> that you're also making. Yeah. And uh, that doesn't surprise me at all because you are uh, collaborating with Kate Bush. <gasps> yeah. Oh my God. This is and my you're snuggling true. up to Donald Sutherland. <gasps> oh my God. Oh, so brilliant. that, he was in my dear. video. Oh my well, God. there you go. It's Together. all it's all come full circle. Do that any of your people have this come true? Do they contact you later and go, do you know what is come true? Yes. Not yet. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> This is going to be the first time. I totally believe. Oh my you. gosh. Um, okay, so uh, uh, Prevenge is uh, is the name of the film, uh, guys. Please check it out. I know you're going to because I know that you're a little bit in love with Alice as I am, and I'm a lot in love with Della. Um, check it out. Where can people find you online too to just kind of ke- um, keep caught up? And so I know that I'm, you're not hugely into the internet, so I don't blame you I'm, in the slightest. I'm on Twitter as Alice Lowe. Okay, and uh, there's pre- PrevengeMovie.com if you want to see where the film available yeah. it's coming out on shudder as well della's really not happy I know, about she it. Made it i think i think you knew you knew somehow intuited that, that we were almost done yeah. i'm gonna give you the microphone <laughs> to cry us out for the rest of the show uh thank you everyone oh, and uh, i'll talk to you next time on the podcast are you done do you have any final words any final words where's the baby baby I just want to say she made the microphones kiss each other. (laughs) That's good enough for me. Yeah. Talk to you guys next time on the podcast. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.